welcome to Read This, Read That. I am the always adorable and kind Jackie Reed. <laughs> and I am the always wide awake and sunny Joanne Reed. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are, my cousin. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> my name is Ironic. Listen, how are you? <sighs> That's loaded. <laughs> That's loaded. And you know what? There was a time when I think all of us had the 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 convention was to say I'm great no matter what right because yeah. it's considered rude to not say great because you're really the person who's asking generally doesn't really want to hear your sob story they really are just asking to be polite but you are my real cousin and my my, my real play cousin Come so on. I can be honest with you and I can say baby like the old people say <laughs> done me done <laughs> finish me finish Done me done. Done me done. Me done. Yeah. Like the yeah. old West Indians would say, me done, baby. Yeah. I'm done. Girl. Exhausted. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm freaking exhausted. If Jackie there Reed. were an extra day in the work week, this would be it. The day after Friday, that's before the weekend starts. Yeah. Like, you know, done day. This is done, done day. Done, done day. day. I, I'm really starting to think that there that the work week should really be four days. I'm thinking that like, oh the, yes, the, right. So we're going to talk tonight on the show about how so many people are quitting their jobs yes. because I feel like the way that I think both of us are feeling right now, this is the way people feel: exhausted, overworked, just overwrought, tired, run down, and it's like a, it's 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 not a good lifestyle. <laughs> and, that, and right and now, that is my lifestyle. Who decided that it should be? Five work days yes. and two weekend days. Who decided that? that renegotiated. And it used to only be, remember, it used to be seven, it used to be six work days at minimum and Sundays only for prayer, especially for black folks. We only used to get Sundays off all the way from slavery on. And if we got Sunday, it was part of Sunday. You know, black children didn't even used to go to school through um, all year. They right. used to have short three month school year so that they could go back in the fields and pick crops because they were a lot of their families were still working on plantations as sharecroppers. So for sharecroppers, children, you didn't even get a full school year. So exhaustion was just a way of life. And I feel like this generation, our generation is like the hinge generation between the people who live that lifestyle of lack of sleep and lack of self-care and lack of taking care of yourself. And these younger kids that are all about self-care, we've talked about this before, they're they're teaching us. They grew up like this. They grew up with self-care on their minds. Yes. But for us, it's like we're discovering this, right? Yes, Early in our careers, we I sleep till I grind. I can sleep. I can Same. sleep when sleep I when I'm dead. Sleep when I'm dead. Which is ridiculous and stupid, but yes. it is what we believe. Yes. That we, it's the mentality that we thought we had to have. That's right. That's but right. I'm telling you, I, it's so funny you bring up a four-day work week because that is something that I have been wanting for so long. You know what I mean? I said, yes. when I become a full entrepreneur, the yes. one thing that I, the first thing that I'm going to do is plan my work week. Yes. So it is four days a week, ma'am, working and three days weekend. And I, why not? Why not? And the reality is I believe that the way the work week should be because it is the best day off. Listen, hairstylists know what they are doing. Monday should not be a work week. Your Sunday would not be so oppressive. I don't know if you ever get the Sunday blues because you know yes. the next day you got to work. Yes. 
back when I, I was it's working, a throwaway. it's a throwaway. You don't really get to enjoy it. If you spend three hours in church and then you go to something after if you're a church person, but even if you're not and you're just home and whatever you're doing, you know, you got to do your laundry that day. You're it's preparing. a day of work. You're preparing. You're, you're, for picking, out your, you're picking out your wardrobe. You're picking out your clothes. You're, mm-hmm. you're cooking your food for the week. Prep. You know, you're prep. doing Sunday is a prep day. It always has yes. been for that for years. It's not it leisurely. It is like a countdown to Monday. That's Sunday correct. is a countdown yes. to Monday. And Monday is always the worst day for everybody psychologically because it's like, oh, here we go. I really do believe you should start on Tuesday. I don't see any reason why we can't have our day, our work week start on Tuesday and be Tuesday through Friday because then you can look forward to Friday. Monday is a leisurely day. You can get things done. You can do errands. Stuff is open. You don't have to worry about everything is closed. You can go and get, get go to the post office or whatever you got to do, stand in line. Make that the day that you get things done. Monday. Yes, because yes. how many times have you been, and it's so frustrating when you work Monday through Friday, particularly yes. the hours that you know we work and the things that you have to do that have nothing to do with when you're on air but are still part of your job, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have time to run errands and do the, to go get a driver's license. That's renew, right. To go, to get all the things to get to, you don't get to do. And then everything's closed on the weekend. And it doesn't Jackie, make sense. It's also voter suppression because we're lucky yeah. enough that we have jobs that we can do from home, that we are white collar Americans, that we've gotten to that space for as black women, which I'm very proud of us for doing. But if you are a person that is a blue collar worker that works an hourly job Monday through Friday, when exactly can you go stand in line to get this ID that you need to vote? When are you supposed to have time to go sit at the DMV for three, four hours waiting for your turn to be called to come up? And then if you don't have something, have to come back another time. That's why people are like, well, why can't are you trying to say black people can't get ID? Yeah, I'm saying that people who work every day who work a nine to five who don't get off work till six, seven, eight o'clock when everything is closed do not have the time and y'all know they don't have the time and that's why you do voter ID because you know low income people which is predominantly more people of color disproportionately people of color I should say not predominantly because most poor folks are white but predominantly percentage wise people of color are disproportionately represented there you know that they don't have time to go get that ID you know they don't have time and you can't do it online so, yeah, it's voter suppression. Now, let me hear your wind down, my sister. <laughs> it absolutely is. The amens and amens. Hallelujah. Art tells a story, your story, and inspires others in your community to do the same. This Black History Month, AARP is celebrating the undeniable impact and contributions of Black art and artists everywhere. We're thrilled to celebrate these creatives over 50. Through their work and persistence, they make society a better place by bringing us all closer together. Learn more at aarp.org slash black community. But I got to hear this wind down because I came on. So for those who uh, don't know us, Jackie, Jackie, now we're we're kind of each other's self-care tag team, right? Because she'll be checking, she'll be like, You okay? She'll literally call me and be like, You sleeping? Like, you know what I mean? And I Jackie is always the upbeat one of the two. Of the reads, even though my name is Joy, Jackie is the upbeat read. I'm the hey, I'm that read, okay? So when I came on and was like, hey, and Jackie was like, oh no, baby, I got you this time. Yeah. I need to hear this wind down, ma'am, because you're the upbeat read. What is happening? 
Child. So, you know, child. Child. So, you know, I'm, I'm traveling and I'm okay. in Atlanta. Yes. And, you know, I love my hometown. Mm-hmm. Love it so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm here with the babies. I drove mm-hmm. down so I could bring Zoe and Oscar, my two dogs that I love so much. Mm-hmm. Brought them with me. Girl, on, I can't remember if it was Sunday or Monday of this week, Oscar, my, my boy and my youngest, Started having a little bit of loose, loose bowels, right? Oh, loose I can bowels. relate. Yes, so we had that. Like, mm-hmm. mm, but Zoe mm-hmm. was good, right? Mm-hmm. Then next day, you know, about, no, about the same day, he's vomiting, right? Oh, here we go. I'm like, oh hell, oh here we hell. Go. So I don't know why he's vomiting. He vomited about three times that day. Loose bowels. Zoe's fine. So. The next day, no more vomiting. You know what I mean? You you got to switch. the. You know what to do if you have yep. pet- pumpkin, oh, rice, uh, everything, mm-hmm. all that. So we're doing that. We boiling rice, putting mm-hmm. pumpkin stuff in it. You know what I mean? Got to take the food up. Very careful. Girl, not the two days later. So the next day he stops vomiting. Two days later, Zoe starts with the lo- loose stool and vomiting. So now it's two of them. Mm-hmm. I tried to get a vet appointment on Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. I think I tried to get a vet appointment. Could not. I tried called three. Or th- I called four different vets. Could mm-hmm. not get a vet appointment until next week. So mm-hmm. that's three days from today, and this uh, is on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get a vet appointment. Trying to call my vet, and mind you, I'm working, taking meetings, doing things. I had to have my mom come mm-hmm. and watch the dogs for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do all this stuff. And um, couldn't get a vet appointment and tried to get my vet in New York. Took me two days to get through to them. I don't know what is going on. I get through to them, call me a prescription in. And they and I was like, well, the vet here says that they won't take prescriptions. So he was like, no, no, we'll send it to CVS. I was okay. like, Her? I didn't know you could pick up animal you know, medications at CVS. You can. He was like, yes, because it, the what I want to send you is for humans and animals. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I I um I called the CVS because I want to make sure what do, what do I need to bring in order to get this stuff because I need it today. Right. So I, and you know, Dashika answered the phone <laughs> and she was like, "Listen, it's busy here." I don't know. It, it, they haven't called it in yet. I said, well, no, no, I haven't asked them to call it. I just need to know what do I need to tell them to give you? Like, what do I need? No, they just do. I do. Do they need your address? Do they need the phone number website? Is it an email? What do you need? Nope. Just give them the phone number. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it today, you know, because it's busy here. There's a 24 hour you know, CVS down the block, you know, you might, might want to call them because I got a lot of orders today. Da, 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 da. Okay. I called the vet. We called it in, go on up there. They closed at eight. At this time it was six something. Mm-hmm. They closed at eight, but we called it in. And I, I told him, I said, call the 24 hour one. Yeah. You know, we, we called them, couldn't get an answer. We called it into this one. She said she would, she would fill it. I get there to the CVS at seven o'clock. My sister, My sister, I love our people. Mm -hmm. She was like, I I showed up. I said, listen, I'm here to pick up a prescription. Um, And they told me to say for Zoe Reed, my daughter. Right. Yeah. Zoe Reed. What's the birthday? I said, you know, uh, I I can't even remember what her, but it was her birthday. Yeah. We don't have that in the system. What's your birthday? I said, well, okay. I gave him my birthday. That's what she said. Listen, I didn't know this was for dogs. 
I thought it was for, for, for you when you called. You didn't say it was for dogs. So you're going to need to go and come back at 745. And I might have it done by then, girl. Mm-hmm. So my mom and I left and went to Kroger, did some shopping, did what mm-hmm. we needed to do. Mm-hmm. Came back at 745. I don't know if you're going to get it tonight. And I'm like, why? Because I didn't know this was for dogs. Ba 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 ba. Well, you you can sit and wait, and I'll see what I can do. So mm-hmm. I sat and wait. Girl, they closed the gate up because the pharmacy mm-hmm. closes at eight. Closed me inside the gate with them, mm-hmm. and I sat and I sat, and I finally got the medicine. Girl, that on top of everything else going on mm-hmm. this week, being in Atlanta trying to, you know, deal with the temperament between my mother and my sister and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And then working, mm-hmm. meetings, doing all of that and trying to keep an eye on my dogs yep. who are not feeling well. Mm-hmm. Girl. Listen, can I just tell you, I, I, it is so amazing that you have told me this story, Jackie Reed, because I have a dashika too, but he's a guy. I, it's amazing how how our where our lives are symmetrical this week because okay so you 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 know my phone is my constant companion yeah. for Jason hates it he would like to literally throw it under a train and have it run over because I'm on it all bloody time but I, I depend on it all right so I went and bought this phone from good old T-Mobile I bought this pretty little case that's supposed to protect it if it drops they put a shield on the front to protect it if it drops I dropped it mm. a couple weeks ago. It cracked right in the corner, right on the other side of the camera. So now the camera is damaged. Right. Okay. So now I need to get the phone fixed. Mm. First step was I called and sat on the first. You have to do the uh, automated customer service, which I hate. Mm. And I, you You have Verizon, you said? No, it's T-Mobile. Oh. And, um, you know, I got through the customer service after you, you try to say representative like eight times. It don't work. You finally get through to a person. They're like, oh, we can't do anything about it. You have to um, file a complaint, you know, file a, 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 you know, the, what do you call it? A claim. You're right. Because you're, you're covered by insurance. File a claim. So I'm like, fine. I go online and I file the claim and I'm like, and they're like, you can't go to a T-Mobile because T-Mobiles actually don't do that. They don't actually fix your phone. You have to go to wherever they send you on the phone. They send me to Best Buy where I'm supposed to get the phone fixed. I go in. There's hardly anybody working at Best Buy because, as you know, people are quitting their jobs. No one works anywhere. Every place is hiring. <laughs> There's no people anywhere. Everywhere is backed up. There, you're right. No there one works anywhere, right? Signs everywhere. And your dashika, they all the ones who do work there are big mad because they're dealing with everybody and everything, and they don't have any patience and they don't have any chill. True. So I get there. Uh, there's hardly anybody behind customer service. I say to this one uh, annoyed looking black guy, "Hi." So I have an appointment uh, to come in and get my phone fixed. And he literally responded to what I said by saying, you have to have an appointment. And I said, I just said I have an appointment. What time? (laughs) Noon. You have to go over there. What? Okay. So I go over there. White guy is there. Very friendly. He says, you want the phone fixed? I was like, yeah. He's like, what you have to do is you have to leave me the phone for like three hours. And I was like, "Mm, you know, at this point, I really can't do that. I have a two o'clock meeting on this phone. I have all this other stuff. I really can't leave the phone. What's my alternative? And he says, well, you know, if you want to, I was like, what if I just want to upgrade the phone? Just get the the, uh, the next level up, the iPhone 13. And he says, oh, in that case, you can just go over to that side, go over to the phone center, upgrade the phone, and you don't even need an appointment. And I was like, oh, well, that sounds good. Thank you. Nice white guy. Walk over. There's nobody behind the counter at the phone center inside Best Buy. 
So I'm like, huh. So I got to turn around and go back to customer service. And now we with my dashika. I'm going to call him Jerome. Okay. I say, Jerome, I don't know his name, but we're going to call him Jerome. Is there anybody working back there? Because I really need to get my phone service. Do you have an appointment? Well, the gentleman back there at the phone service center said, I don't need an appointment. You need an appointment. Okay, how do I get an appointment? Give me a minute. You go over there, wait over there. (laughs) So I go back to the phone center. Wait for this man. A nice black lady comes up. She's helping somebody else. She's like, oh, your phone. I love your phone cover. I was like, yeah, it doesn't really help. (laughs) But thank you. (laughs) Then he comes back. Jerome starts typing into the phone, rolling his eyes. What time do you want your appointment? I was like, well, what time can I get? Just you have to tell me what time you want it. Oh, my God. And I was like, well, it can't be today. So how about tomorrow? What time? How about noon? He types in noon. I leave. This was yesterday, day before yesterday. So then I come back yesterday to get my appointment, scare quotes, at noon. Right. There's nobody inside the counter where my appointment is supposed to be at noon. There's still, there's nobody there again. I turn yeah. around. I look over the customer service. Guess who's standing behind the counter? Our friend Jerome. Oh boy. So I go up to Jerome again and I say, hi, uh, there's nobody over there where I have my, and before I can even finish my sentence, you need an appointment. What? I have an appointment. What time? <laughs> now, noon. Just a minute. And he says just a minute, but then he doesn't do anything. He continues helping whoever he was helping and just ignores me. So I finally walk away from Jerome and walk to the back looking for any other employee but him. Because I'm like, I don't want to talk to this, this because I don't want to tell him off tonight, mm-hmm. today. This, this On this day, I'm like, on this Thursday, I'm not going to, on this Friday, Junior, I'm not going to tell Jerome off. I'm going to try to not go crazy in this store. So find a nice lady. She's actually cleaning. But I'm like, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. But I'm like, do you have any idea like where I can find like anyone who works here that could help me find why there's nobody behind the counter? And she says, oh, well, I'm on a different shift cleaning right now, but I can, you know, you just need to find a manager. Anyone in a blue shirt is a manager. And she's like, even walks with me. This sister walks with me to try to find this manager. She was so nice. She finds the manager. She's in the front. Older black lady sitting behind the counter in the blue shirt. And uh, and I say, you know, I had an appointment. I need really need to get my phone you know, I need to uh, up change, flip my phone, over, but there's nobody there. She says, well, what time is your appointment? I said, my appointment was at noon. She goes, well, that's not possible. The lady who does the phone fixing and stuff only doesn't come in till one. What? And she's like, she never comes in till one because she's the only one who can do it. Nobody else can do it. And she had this long maternity leave and then she came back. She always comes in at one. And I'm like, but that brother over there <laughs> gave me an appointment for noon. And she said, well, that's, I don't know why he did that. Ain't nobody there till one. Can you come back at one? I was like, no, I can't because I got something else at one. I had had an event yesterday that started at 1.15. So there was no way I could come back at one. I was like, I can't. That was it. This was my only window. And I said, and I I, I would tell you, I said said to her, I said, sister, I said, let me say this to you. I said, because we as two black women, I appreciate you helping me. And you've been very helpful. And that sister over there was very helpful. And I believe every black person should have a job. I want everyone to work. I want everyone to be employed. And I don't have anything against our, that brother over there. I pointed. Yes, to you do. And I said, but the, here's the problem. <laughs> he has been rude, dismissive, unhelpful. He personally made the appointment for me at noon. 
How did he make an appointment for me at noon knowing the lady don't ever come until one? How is that even possible? He right. made the appointment. And then when I came in, wouldn't even be helpful to me for a mistake he made. And I said, I'm not trying to get the brother in trouble. But I know that if I was and I held up my palm, not this. <laughs> he would have never been like that toward me. He would have been respectful and he would have been polite. But we need to treat each other better. We, we yeah. can't choose that we treat another black person that's coming in worse than we would treat a white person that comes in. And your dashika did the same thing to you because no, you we, and I both know we they would never dare be like that if it wasn't us. Listen, That's there are some I have seen that are just whatever's going on, whatever they brought, whatever happened to them before they came to the job, it came, they just woke up breathing. Mad. It was mad, mad to be alive. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, and I have seen them treat white people. Asian people, whoever comes through. Same way. Okay, at least that's fairness. But I have seen that. I've seen that fairness. But to your point, I think that because of all that we deal with as Black people in this world, right, that when it comes to each other, we should go above and beyond. I'm not saying you should treat other people badly, but I think that when it comes to fellow Black people, you should definitely go above and beyond because chances are if you if if another person was there right and i and i'm coming for customer service or something like that or if i'm going to a bank or a, i'm in school there's a teacher that that's giving me a grade or a professor when that everywhere else in life chances are i'm not being treated fairly right. so at least in this moment yes. when a black person comes to a black per another black person for any kind of service. Come on, you should go above and beyond. I agree. You should you should stretch yourself further yes. than you would for anybody else. I agree. And I think e- even if you don't do that ordinarily, you're like I clock in at nine, I clock out at five. If uh, and if that that may be your rule, but if a, a black woman or man comes in there at four fifty nine, you should stay late. Just try, I mean, I have literally had, you talk about the pharmacy situation. Girl, one time I was, I went to New York. This is a couple trips ago and I forgot to pack my medication, which I have to take every day. And I panicked. I was like, oh crap, I don't have it. So I got my, my doctor, my, my favorite doctor in, in New York, my, my neurologist who I love him. I treat him as my primary kid, the poor guy. <laughs> he's the one I call for everything. <laughs> he's just like, he even said a lot of his patients treat him as their primary care because he's just so responsive. So he yeah. was like, don't worry, don't panic. I'm gonna call you in a one day prescription, you know, two day prescription so you can have it for the next two days. I went in literally as, as you said, the grates were being closed. Yeah. And I said to the lady, please, please, please let me, um, is there any way that you could just do this prescription for me? And I, and she answered me, she said, oh, you know, I can try to do it. And I heard like a Guyanese sound. And I said, are you from Guyana? And she said, and I said, are you from Trinidad or Guyana? She said, Guyana. And I was like, oh my God, that's where my people are from. And when I tell you that lady bonded with me so quick Mm. and she went out of her way, just based on, we just started chatting, you know, we started chatting about our families and stuff. She, and, and it was like, it was an instant bond. And, and it shouldn't have to be like that, that you should have to have that. I just think as Black people, I agree with you. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's unfair to, to expect people to do that. We need, we need a break. Whatever Black person you come across, whether, listen, I, when you signed on to the podcast, I said, she needs a break today. Hey, I already come know on it. now. 
Come on. And people may look at look at your life. They may look at my life and they may be like, wow. You know, it doesn't mean that you don't have stress. It doesn't mean that you don't have struggles in your life. It doesn't mean that you don't have a Jerome that you've come across that you can't that you just you snap your fingers and your phone is fixed. Exactly. We still got to go in Best Buy and get that that shit fixed. Like every we got to go in that uh, pharmacy and get that dog poopy medicine. Listen, don't get it twisted. You know, on top of having health issues, possibly dealing with family and all kinds of day to day. We are people, too. But but any black person you come across, I don't care what they're doing. I guarantee you, even Kamala Harris needs a break today. Needs a break today. Break today. You need a break today. I guarantee Kamala needs a break today. Needs a break. 100%. I know she does. And, and, and I'm sure she's even worse. How does she even ask for that? Like, Girl. how does she get some self-care? They be beating up on her for stuff she didn't even do. I'm Come quite on. sure she is exhausted and mentally, emotionally tired and needs a break every so often. I'll say Black people, when we greet each other, when we see each other, but when we are providing service to one another, please, you need to have much more compassion. You need to lean in, go above and beyond because out of all the experiences we have in a day within our lives, mm-hmm. at the very least, come on, when we, when we are with one another, come on, we should have tremendous grace and compassion, and I, I just it just should be that way. That should Give be each an other unspoken a rule. I agree. I agree. And I, and you know what? I, I feel like I feel like there used to be because you know the seventies. And I was a kid, a little kid in the 70s. So I can't say I experienced it fully the way an adult would. But I do remember seeing a lot of uh, of, of the adults around us that were into the... That was when people started saying, hey, brother, everything was brother this and brother that and sister this and yeah. sister that. Yeah. And, and even in like the early 80s when I when you know, the sort of mid 80s. So I got to New York in 86, 87. And there was still a little of that residual you know, pro-Pan-Africanist, like pro-Black kind of vibe where it was like everything is brother and sister and trying to have that bond. And I think there have been moments in our history that probably the 60s, 70s, I guess when we really feel like we needed each other. You know what I mean? Like we desperately needed each other. Then yeah. I think we've had that culturally. I think we need to get that back because we need it because we're still in the struggle. We just are for every little thing. And it's, you know, it's not just economic stuff. It's just life stuff and and, and stuff. So yeah, just saying. No, I All agree. Right. I agree with that. We we've got to do better when it comes to how we treat one another. Yeah. I mean, we- it disappoints me more mm-hmm. than when I'm dealing with someone else of color, particularly mm-hmm. when they're providing me service mm-hmm. and they're shady Ooh. or nasty or rude. Um, and they don't go above and beyond. And I, it's I, like, I, why? 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 What you mad at me for? What you mad you at me for? The, you look in the mirror, you don't like that you black, so you mad at me too. You mad at me. And I literally said to the lady, I'm like, it's not like I came in here asking Best Buy for money. Right. I'm trying to give Best Buy money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to give you money. Why are you mad at me for trying to get you paid? I'm a customer. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. Well, listen, we have got a, gr- a great guest coming up today. So stick with us because I'm sure she'll be able to join in this very conversation. But and, and I do want to throw this in there before we move on to our guest that there are, just as you said, there are a lot of people uh, black people specifically, who I have gotten service from, 
who have been wonderful. Wonderful. You know, the woman I go to, you know, your vet, the esthetician that I go to mm-hmm. um, in, in New York, um, Mamie McDonald, spa, you know, is it, why do I, skin by Mamie, skin by Mamie, mm-hmm. uh, is amazing with customer service. The church mm-hmm. that I go to, Christian Cultural mm-hmm. Center, uh, our pastor, Aaron Bernard, prides himself on having um, a church that is focused on customer service. Very nice. Anybody that goes to CCC knows that if you visited, you got to go with me now that you don't work on weekends. Well, when we can go. We can go together. Yeah. No, and I I like your pastor. And I will throw out, since we shout out names, Life Companions Veterinary Service. It's called Life Companions Veterinary Hospital and Care. If you are in the Maryland area, they are wonderful and they are great customer service. Oh yeah, my hairstylist, my hair makeup team, you know, one of my, Coco, who has a great salon, Coco's, like, you know, they're, they're people who are fabulous. And so it's not like a Spurgeon. It's just the one-off that you get. It just colors your whole experience. It just sours your whole, your whole day. So, yeah. anywho, well, let's yeah. get to our guests. Let's get to our guests. We'll be yes. right back. Mars Kiyobacampo um, is friends to the show. I think this is her first time on. Yes, Mara? Is it? Yes. Unbelievably. We both separately, Joanne and I, love her so much. We've known her for a long time. For those of you who don't know her, she is a four-time Emmy Award-winning TV journalist. And she has one of the highest-charting Black podcasts in the U.S. And she's also a best-selling author. She's an amazing human being on top of all of that. Please welcome. And she'll help you get your makeup right. She'll put you go on her Instagram. And she'll help you give you tips, make you look all beautiful. Girl. <laughs> and by the way, can I just tell a story about Mar? Mar yeah, yeah. used to be in the Uh-oh. gym. You know, I used to hate going in the NBC gym because you know people be getting butt naked in there, and that makes me. I'm like, why are y'all naked and having with conversations with people? Yes. Yes, right. And then you got to see them later in the hallway and everything. Ah. But the one thing that used to be great about that gym, as much as I hated that is that I would see Mara in there. Mara would be leaving when I was coming in generally. And when I tell you she was in there giving herself the beat of life, she was beating up. I'm like, how do you even know how to do that? Mara, listen, (laughs) she would be finished. She she would work out, do her shower, and give herself a beat. Mara Scavacampo, everybody. But you know what? (laughs) You know what my go-to, what my go-to hack was though? My TV trick, I would take off all the makeup on my face and I would leave the eyes like that, almost like that bandit strip, you know, I would leave that and I would sweat and then I would go, because the eyes take the longest, lashes, everything, I would leave it on. Then it would take me 10 minutes to get right. I could go right back to work. I love it. It's so true. It's so true. (laughs) Well, one of the minutes, we could talk to you about so many things, but one of the things we get that caught our attention um, and we wanted to reach out was a recent post that you did on Instagram. And so I just wanted to share that. And it was, you said this, I can't even begin to tell you what a relief it's been to admit that I'm not okay. There is so much power and truth and so much weight in the expectations we place on ourselves. I truly wish I'd been more honest with myself and everyone in my life sooner. I feel so free. Like I want to run down the street screaming, I'm a mess and it's okay. <laughs> God, the devil is a liar. The devil had me in chains and I cannot tell you how free I feel. We well, literally both you. saw that post, Mara, and started texting each other immediately saying, yep. we need Mara on the show. I texted you <laughs> to make sure you were okay. But we immediately were like, because you were you just got here and you were just in the waiting room. But the we, we skipped all our hot topics, Mara, because all about, we were talking right. about was how we just not okay today. And we're we not okay. Well, I feel like none of us are okay. No. But Thank Mara, you what so made much. You, I really appreciate that. What made you post that? 
Well, so the post that I had done prior to that was me kind of outing myself as not being okay. And the reason I posted that was because the one prior to that was my birthday post. Mm -hmm. And the day that I posted that birthday post, which was a really beautiful picture, you know, I had it taken at the studio while I was in there for something else, but it was like a professional photographer who was there and it was this fun caption. And the reality is, is when I posted that picture, I was in bed and I was crying most of the day because it was my first birthday without my mother. And that day for me was harder than even the day she died because our birthdays are what ties us to our mothers. Mm -hmm. And so it was literally the hardest day for me since she passed. And I was just in grief and in tears all day in bed. And that was the picture I posted. So when I looked at it the next day and the following day, I just felt really ashamed of myself. I felt really ashamed of myself for not being honest about what I was going through. Not only not being honest, but misrepresenting. It's one thing to omit. You know, I could have posted nothing that day, Mm -hmm. but it was almost misrepresenting Mm -hmm. this life that was not reflective of what my experience was in that moment. And so I felt really phony and I'm not a phony person. I got lots of flaws, but authenticity is not one of them. And, um, Then I also felt really ashamed because I felt like I was contributing to other people's potential, you know, mental health struggles because then they feel alone. They feel like maybe they're the only one who lays in bed crying all day or they're the only one who's having a hard time on their birthday or whatever. So I just felt so much shame about that. And it was like, you know, once the spirit gets in your ear, it won't let you go. And so um, then I kind of came clean in in another post where I said, I'm not okay. And I have not been okay. That the last 18 months have really been among the hardest of my entire life. And you would never know it from looking at my social media. And I'm ashamed of that. And then the the post that you're referring to was me saying, uh, why didn't I do this sooner? Because the devil is a liar. The devil made me keep those things a secret for so long because I was ashamed of it because I didn't want anybody to worry about me because, you know, you worry about how you're going to be perceived a bunch of reasons. But the reality is, is once I confessed it, I feel so free that when people ask me, how are you? I want to say like, I'm a, I'm a disaster, but it's okay. <laughs> like, I just want to be honest about it 24 seven because that weight being lifted alone makes me feel so much better. Yeah. And the one thing I would love, I, I, that I would love to extract from everything that you just said is shame because That is a thing that I feel has been put on us, especially as black women, that we're supposed to be able to just handle everything. We shouldn't feel shame, even if you were hiding what you really felt. You know, it's not you should be ashamed of it. I think that the whole society that sort of structured us this way and forced us to be this way, that's who should be ashamed of it. You know what I mean? We're we are living in sort of this oppressive, happy culture where we're always yeah, supposed yes. to be happy and we're supposed to be strong. We're supposed to be strong black women. And I do think that that places a burden on us that's unfair. It does. And there's a lot of mystery yeah. behind that. You know what I mean? Have you ever talked to somebody? Have you ever said, you know what? Let me be vulnerable. Maybe in a private conversation, you're talking to someone and someone tries to, girl, but you got to be grateful. You got so it's like they don't even hear that there's something going on. You need to be grateful. You don't need to lean into that. You know, come on. You got a job. You got your health. Mm-hmm. You got this and that. It's like people don't even give you room. You call they, you're talking to them and you decide, let me I, that happened to me this week mm. where I was trying to say I'm not OK to a friend of mine. And when I tell you it was like an, it, it, it was like they cut me off 
to tell me how grateful I should be. And I shouldn't, mm-hmm. they didn't say you shouldn't be complaining, mm-hmm. but it's like, I feel like society does that to us as a whole. Social mm-hmm. media does that as a whole, you know, you don't have room for that. Well, it's the, it's the idea of toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. And it's also the idea that privilege protects from pain and privilege does not protect from pain. And what I mean by that is, you know, I tried to open up to a family member about two months ago and I was with my family with them, you know, my husband and my children, and I'm grateful for my family beyond measure. They're the greatest gift that God has ever bestowed on me. And the person said to me, look at your family. What do you have to be upset about? And it's like, well, does having blessings mean that I can never experience pain? Does having blessings mean I will never be uncomfortable or go through struggle? No, it doesn't. And so that toxic positivity is a real problem with people who won't allow you to own your pain because you also have blessings. Two things can be true at the same time. And those two things can be true at the same time. Do you feel yeah. like social media has exacerbated this? Because it, it do, social media, as you even said, uh, you know, it, it encourages you to put forth a version of your life that isn't real, right? Um, beautiful photos and selfies that are touched up just a tad to make you look a little prettier, that are, you know, scenes of a, of a trip that might have been terrible in every other way, but you post the happy moment in it. You know, that birthday photo because it was a professional shot and it's gorgeous, but you don't even feel it. You know what I mean? How much of this do you think has been pushed by social media? A ton, because I remember, I mean, look, I mean, I guess I'm telling my age, we're all roughly the same age because you guys remember this too. We remember when social media started, right? We have seen this whole journey. We're not like 15 and we're just, you know, we were born and there was Instagram and YouTube. So I remember when I started my Instagram account and I would try to post like a totality of experiences and the posts about difficulty or challenges would get crickets. And Mm. the posts where I was shutting the children down would be like, yes, queen, like that's what got the response, right? So then you just keep feeding that. You give people what you think they want. And on social media, people really don't want struggle and difficulty. I was shocked that I got the response that I got. I was outing myself for my own conscience. I was expecting crickets in response. And I was pleasantly surprised that so many people connected to it. And I think that speaks to where we are right now after living through, you know, the panorama and all that. So I was surprised by that response, but for the most part, it's entertainment. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what we have to remember. We're not seeing people's real lives. So one example that really hit me hard was uh, if you guys follow Olivier Roosting, he's the uh, creative director for Ballman, the fashion house. He's, I don't even think he's 30, but he's just an amazing protege, this amazing life. He's best friends with celebrities and designing with it. He posted a photo this weekend of him burned severely on his face and on his arm. He looks like a, he looked like a mummy. If, if you want to see it, go to his Instagram. He was completely wrapped up in bandages and gauze. That photo was taken a year ago. He was Mm. just now revealing that he had been in a terrible accident at his house, a freak accident where his gas fireplace exploded Mm. and he suffered all these terrible burns. And what he said in his post was he had been hiding it on social media for a year and that the power of social media, and this is his quote, is that you only show the world what you want them to see. Mm -hmm. That he was able to hide these devastating, disfiguring injuries for a year So we just have to remember that it's entertainment. We are not seeing real life. It's like thinking the real housewives is reality. That's not real. Yeah. Yeah. And and for the three of us, particularly, (laughs) you know, our social media is an extension of our profession. 
right? Yeah. How many, how many meetings, interviews and things, I can't tell you how many I've been in. And the thing they want to know if I'm being considered for talent is what's your social media following? Mm -hmm. It's an extension of what we do professionally, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so even for us in, in what we do with morality clauses and things like that, you can't post, Ooh, I got drunk last night. I had a mentor and I, you know what I mean? So there's only so much we can say in the first place. And that's a part of the, the, the hurdle for us, you know, as women who are in this business and on TV and doing those things, there's that challenge as well. This for us is an extension of what we do. It's unfortunate that we can't talk about those things, but we also don't go to, you know, we don't show up on TV on Dr. Oz or, or MSNBC and say, girl, before I get to this story, <laughs> let me tell you, I didn't even sleep last night. You know what I mean? It's almost like it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's a very, um, it's very limiting. It's very one dimensional. And yeah. like, I've struggled with that even with, um, you know, I would say like, it's not my it's showing a different side of myself. So for example, like I'm, I'm into trends and sometimes trends are revealing and, you know, sometimes I'm feeling, you know, like it's hot girl summer or whatever. And I will struggle with those photos that maybe where I'm a little sexier, I'm dressing something a little more revealing. And I'm thinking, why, like, why should I not be able to, that's a part of me. If you're a friend of mine, you know that about me. Like I might show up to the club half dressed, like that's who I am. And then I go home to my husband and my babies and I'm a mom and I'm a wife. Like I'm multidimensional. So I would love to be able to show more of that, but you do feel that it's very limiting. Yeah. And, you know, the Facebook is getting uh, and and Instagram, which actually owns Facebook. I always remind people, if you're deleting Facebook and you still got Instagram, you still got Facebook. um, They're now getting a lot of heat because for us, we're at least adults and we can sort of gather ourselves at some point and try to face it. But what it is doing to teenagers who, unlike us, they really did come into, you know, their teenage years or even younger elementary school kids who are using um, these platforms and absorbing it and literally basing their self-esteem on whether they get likes for a photo and basing their self-esteem on the comments that are under. I mean, I, you know, you, you really shouldn't ever read the comments, but they do. You know, I, I wonder what you think the res- the responsibility of these companies is because this, the suicide rates are going up, you know, the, 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 the binging and purging and all of that is all getting worse. Yeah. Let me tell you, let me tell you a story. I was on vacation with a group of families. And on this trip was a number of teens. So it was a total of five teen girls. And, you know, I'm the makeup queen. So I said to one of them, do you want me to do your makeup? And all five of them were like, me too, me too, me too. And it was my joy to do it. So I end up in the bathroom with five teenage girls between the ages of, I think, 14 and 16. So while I'm doing one of their makeup, I can hear the conversation that the rest of them are having. We're all in the bathroom together. And they're trying to decide what pictures to post from the day because we're on vacation. And that conversation broke my heart. They were second guessing and doubting everything about themselves in those photos. And at one point, one of them posted a photo and a couple minutes check later, checked back, saw how it was performing and said, no, 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 I'm going to delete it. And she took it down. And just seeing the agony that they're going through and trying to imagine this world is hard to navigate as a grown woman who knows herself, who stands in her power. I cannot imagine trying to navigate this world as a teenager. So I don't know if there is a solution where you can have healthy teen social media usage. I really, really don't. I mean, you tell me, like, are there protections in place from all the assault on 
confidence and 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 body image and i don't know that all the protections in the world can not, to mention pred- not to mention predators that mm-hmm. are out there that's right um coming after them i think it's a i mean <clears throat> i'm not a mother so i can easy it's easy for me to say i wouldn't i wouldn't let my kids be on social media but i'm not dealing with those internal conversations within a family you see your child growing up they become a young adult you know or they become a teen and so you feel like you you have that relationship you feel like not my kid my kid's going to be find out find out here on social media you know yeah. and i think i think a lot of parents don't think when they say okay you can be on social media that their kids are going to succumb to these types of things you know what I mean? But, but here's the thing. The but kids are using it and the kids are using it without you around. And I think that's right. the other issue too, yeah. is that they could seem fine, but they're using the social media in their bedroom by themselves. And they may be having that breakdown on their own. And you might not even know because if you just scroll through their social, and even yeah. if, you know, uh, I, I remember one of our kids decided he was going to make a Finsta, but I found out, I found it, you know, and I scrolled How did you through find it. out? Because he was so obvious with it because he named it something that was so obvious. I'm like, you really don't think you're fooling anybody with that name. You named it like you named it something that I could easily figure out. <laughs> I, I found it. But I mean, it the, even the fence that didn't really tell you a whole lot. Right. I mean, the, it's limited information because, again, it's edited. It's very edited to what they want their peers to see. So you don't necessarily understand your child more even from reading their Instagram. So I I worry that it is so dangerous at this point, not to mention the amount of anti-vax hysteria and lies that are making young people are some of the worst anti-vaxxers. Not just about anti-vaxxing, but just about, you know, look at what happened, you know, when Trump was in office. You know, it wasn't just, it wasn't all white people. It's just not just white people who are part of QAnon. There are a oh, lot of young black yeah. people. Maybe they didn't show up at the Capitol, maybe, but they are, they fall for a lot of the lies and the misinformation. And a lot of times parents don't even know. And QAnon is a cult. So they yeah. are recruiting through social media. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's a scary thing, but again, like I, I had a friend who uh, created a bank account just so she could follow her kids on social media. And keep up with what they were doing. Now, is that lying to your kids? Maybe. But I feel like she was justified in doing that. Her kids weren't doing anything wrong, but she was able to keep an eye on what they were doing on social media without them knowing that it's mom, you know what I mean, watching me. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing with kids, and I firmly believe this, is that teenagers will always be smarter than their parents. It doesn't matter how smart we think we are they are going to outsmart us. I outsmarted my parents. I got away with all kinds of shit that they would never have imagined I was doing. And I'm certain that my children will do the same. Yeah. So I can't count on outwitting them every single time. I have accepted that they are most likely going to be smarter than me. They'll be better with the technology. They will know things I don't know. So my challenge really is how do I prepare them emotionally and spiritually to be in that space, to swim in that water and not let it destroy them. And I don't know the answer to that. Joy, how have you managed with your kids? I mean, basically, <laughs> it, it's they're a hybrid, right? So my kids are 26, 24, and 21 going on 22. So they kind of came up, you know, in the era when they were on Facebook. And I know when, when our youngest ran for a class office when he was in like 
fourth or fifth grade or something. And he, you know, is at home because he's our kid. You know, he's trying to be like real politician man, right? He made a poster and he did a whole thing and he had like all, you know, he was trying to be real creative with it. He had his little dressed up suit. He put a suit and tie on it, a little hat. Like he was like doing it the old fashioned way, like a politician. When, when the votes came in, it turned out the whole campaign had played out on Facebook. And we really didn't want them on that stuff. So he, they weren't really heavily on social media. And he was so crushed when at the end of the day, the whole campaign was not what he was doing. It was this whole thing on Facebook and it was nasty. It got very backbitey and, and, and it kind of, he was kind of shaken by it, you know? And so our kids have been kind of not as obsessed with social media um, they they barely ever post on their Instagram. They'll post something sometimes in their stories, but none of them have really been that social media obsessed, really. None of them are really on Twitter. They barely are on it. They more notice when I get attacked on Twitter than, than they post on it. So yeah. I think it's just because we were just sort of a bit old-fashioned and they're a little older. They really weren't haven't been obsessed with it. You know, the youngest yeah. one has been the most into it. So I haven't, thank God, had that much of a problem. But I do sometimes wonder if some of their insecurities and some of the things they're dealing with that we don't really know the origin of were the Facebook and the Instagram, the things they were doing, we weren't watching, right? I do wonder how much they were absorbing when we weren't watching them because they're on their phones 24-7 just like I am, you know? And we don't know what they're seeing. I, I can't grab their phone and see what's on it. I can't see what they're seeing. And so I do worry that my kids are vulnerable because it's a place where I can't protect them. And I definitely worry about it. And if Especially people my like, daughter. If people like Lizzo and like celebrities that are out there are who, who are crying because of comments on social media, who are upset and hurt by the, the trolls and the haters that are out there, imagine being, you know, a, a kid, you yeah. know, being a teenager and having to feel that stuff and manage that stuff. And by the way, yeah. my kids get it double because of me, right? So yeah. we, you know, on this very podcast. Cousin Jackie Reed and I, we do not mention my daughter's name on this show because we don't, they do not want, she in particular does not want to be a part of of the social media world because just her posting anything about me or posting a picture with me, the comments, people come in there and feel like they can get to me by attacking her. And they will go in there and post vile stuff at her, nasty curse words, commenting on her, commenting on her appearance, attacking her. And really they're doing it to attack me. And so I keep my kids out of my social media because I don't want them being attacked. And I definitely don't like them reading the comments. Like if we post a birthday post, I'll do, you know, like it's my son or daughter or birthday. And I just tell them, don't ever read the comments (laughs) because people literally think that a way to get me is to get them. And I have a question for you. Go ahead, Mar. Sorry, I just have a question for you, Joy, because just recently I've started doing some commentary on cable news. And so you you are expressing your own opinion. Mm -hmm. And Lord have mercy. I mean, we knew the the Internet was the cesspool of humanity, but I didn't quite realize how bad it was. And I got my first racist phone call a couple of weeks ago where I answered the phone and someone said, you know, Mara, people of color actually don't matter. So Mm -hmm. how are you dealing with it spiritually and emotionally? (laughs) Because you must be getting it every single day all the time all the time i've got nazis uh rape threats death (laughs) threats everything i've changed my phone number i had the same phone number for like a decade i had to finally change it because it it got put somehow some local npr 
uh, affiliate posted my phone number with the story that they wrote about me and um, posted oh all God. contact information. So my email is out there. I've stopped using my original email. But D- Jackie and everyone else who knows who emailed me to my the email I've had since you know, forever to almost 20 years, I've had the same email. I've had to stop using it and create new emails to try to avoid people. I've had to have the company block people. In one case, uh, NBC security had to track a guy down who issued a very, very nasty rape threat saying you, this is what you deserve to happen to you because I was talking about Tamir Rice and I was talking about Black Lives Matter. And this person's reaction was, this is what's going to happen to you. And they had to be tracked down by NBC security. Um, so it's, it's, it's been an experience, especially around elections. And, and I found that when Trump was running, it was one of the worst periods in all of my life in social media, because it was relentless. It was never ending. Um, I just stopped going on Twitter for days just to avoid it, you know, and block and block and block people. You can only block so much. So I don't, I think the only way you can deal with it, I have a very thick skin. I've been writing a column since not, since 2003, and been being attacked by people, you know, by name since then. So I have a very thick skin. It's a lot to get me upset. But yeah, after a while, you just have to kind of put the phone down and don't look. Here's what I don't understand. I don't understand why social media, and I get First Amendment, right? People being able to to have free speech. But what I don't get is why social media can't regulate the nastiness. Nastiness, Mm -hmm. for example. If I want to say something nasty about you, Joanne, I should be limited to saying it on my page. Mm -hmm. They should not let people say nasty things on other people's pages. And if so, it is policed. That way, if I have something to say, I don't like this, I don't like that, I put it on my page. Mm -hmm. But there should be, there should just be no tolerance for people posting those types of things, negative things on other people's pages. I don't, I don't see why that can't happen. It could, but they won't. Well, they certainly have the technology. They have the they technology do. for that, for sure. They do. Because I've, there have been times where I've tried to post things and it's it's been flagged, you know, and it's because I'm posting about things that are political in nature or maybe I'm posting, yep. you know, sometimes we'll do um, as the caption, we'll do a quote, you know, from an interview. So maybe it's something that's kind of a really explosive statement and it'll get flagged. So clearly they have systems in place to listen. And we know that we talk about something in our living room and then the next day we open Instagram and we get an advertisement for it. If yeah. they can figure that out, And they can figure out how to block hate speech on someone else's page, right? Like, like, like um, Jackie noted, if I want to tweet racist stuff all day on my page, fine. But I'm going to go to your Instagram, your daughter's Instagram and post nasty things in her comments. That's right. They could police it, but I don't think they want to. They don't want to. Because the nature, it's, it's those highly emotional interactions that Mm. keep you hooked. It's like Mm -hmm. a drug. That's what it keeps giving you. And even if they're negative interactions, it's giving you a boost of something. And that's what keeps you coming back. So they don't want to. They don't want to. The algorithm rewards negativity and it only really rewards negativity. And it, the more angry the interactions are, the more the algorithm feeds you. And so unfortunately, they built it this way. It is working as built. Um, and as intended, that's the problem. It's so unfortunate because I I do feel that in spite of all the negativity that is out there on social media, there's so much good out there as well. I think about the comedian Tony Tony Baker, who recently lost his son in a tragic accident. Um, And he's the one who does a lot of animal videos and he puts the voices under the animal. I mean, he is hilarious. He's so talented. His his adult son died recently. Um, I think it was a car accident. Mm -hmm. Um, And the outpouring of love that he got from social media. And he posted about that. You know, he was like, thank you. 
You know what I mean? It's been tough. It's been challenging, but thank you. I think about people who've been inspired by someone who either lost weight or overcame an eating disorder or overcame something and they've been inspired by that or they got information about something that helped them in their own life. It, you know, it could actually be used for so much good. Oh, Black Lives Matter. I mean, we would have not, George Floyd would have died anonymously, right? And no one would have ever known and the police would have put out a lying, you know, statement saying that he had fought police or whatever. And no one would have known that it wasn't true if that 17-year-old girl had not been able to post that um, that video, I think she initially posted it to Facebook and initially ended up on, on Instagram. We wouldn't have known Michael Brown was dead in the street. He was dead in the street for four hours. And yeah. we only knew that because of Twitter. So I agree. I think there is so much good it can do. But I'm with you, Mara. I think that these, these social media companies, which are incredibly rich, incredibly unregulated, taking in lots and lots and lots of money off of us, and we provide them free content because we are the content creators and we are the product that they're selling. They can fix it if they want to. And if they don't want to, they should be regulated and forced to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, but also on a micro level, you know, you, when you speak about kind of the impact on social justice, undoubtedly, I think the cell phone and social media are, are responsible for some of the biggest advancements um, in the civil rights movement, you know, since forever. But on a micro level, to, to Jackie's point, um, also personally, I think if you curate the experience, you can have a really lovely experience. Yeah. So I know for myself, you know, I follow a lot of body positive um, women and seeing cellulite and stretch marks and, you know, the jiggly mommy tummy uh, normalized actually makes me feel a lot better about myself because, you know, we're much tougher critics on ourselves often than we are of others. So if I look at them and I'm like, well, she looks great, even though, you know, it's not quote unquote flawless, then I can direct the same energy back to me. Mm. So I have seen it have a really positive impact on me and my own self image. So I think that there is so much space for that, but it brings out the best and the worst of people. It's kind of a double-edged sword. And when I, when I posted that post, I got more support than I've ever gotten. And I got more DMs than I've ever received from other people going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it helped me so much to connect and to have community and to then be able to send love back to them. Um, so there, there is a lot of good that's there, but and I will there's a say, lot of awful that's there. Well, and one of the reasons that I follow you, Mara, is because you're one of the people who is providing that positivity. You have, as you said, it wasn't always what was authentically in your spirit, but you are giving so much positivity through your social media. You really do use it for good. You use your powers for good, my sister. Yeah, uh, and we're just glad you, that you can you. also use it to be authentically you as well, because you deserve the support that you got. Uh, it resonated with me. I am also a motherless child. And I can tell you that it's the most painful experience and you don't get over it. My mother died when I was 17 and I will literally cry right now if I talk about her because it's hard and people need to understand that, like, as you said, blessings do not protect you from that pain and they don't, they don't protect you from any pain. You know, we all feel it. Yeah. And so we just want to send love to you. We love you, Mara. And I miss you. We need to go get oh, drinks all together, you. y'all. We I, need to all be together in one space. Too. Well, listen, I want to quickly share that, that my mother actually adored both of you. Um, and she, on separate occasions, would talk so glowingly and lovingly about the two of you and also Tamron Hall, the, the three yes. of you. And the reason is, you know, my mother was a chocolate brown woman. My father's white, so I kind of came out caramel. And she, nothing made brought her more joy than seeing her fellow brown skinned girls killing it on television because when she was coming up they just they just were not there it would come they were complete the landscape just everybody looked the same and so she would call me more times than i can count 
about Jackie Reed and Joanne Reed and Tamara Hall. <laughs> and you remember you had a party um, where your mom was there that um, that I actually had that conversation with her. Um, that and I don't where was this party? You threw this incredible party, and it was at I don't remember where it was, but your mom was there. Uh, was it uh, my house? It was it, at your house, wasn't it? Was it at your house? I don't remember where. I was, was at a party at her house, and your mom was there. And your mom was there, and we got and we had that conversation. Your mom was really awesome and beautiful. Yeah, yeah you, you are too, Mara. Thank, thank you. Guys. We got to let Joanne get out of here, but Mara, you are. I get it. It, you can come back anytime. We love talking with you. So happy that you um, have so much, so many wonderful things going on. And I'm glad you got the response that you got as Amen. well on social media. We'll, you, as long as I've known her, she just spreads joy and love. This is yes. who she is authentically. Yes. You know what I mean? Even though you may not share all the, you know, all the 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 downs and the difficult times, you all you're such an inspiration and you always Definitely. have been. Oh, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. I'm receiving. I'm receiving the love. I'm receiving it. Yes, yes. Love, love, receive love, love, love. it. Receive it. Receive it. We send it. In. Receive oh, it. Well, we love you, Mara. Thank, thank you, guys. you. Such a pleasure. Can't wait to see you in real life. Yeah, I know. You too. Oh, drinks, 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 drinks. <laughs> bye. Love you. All right, bye, guys. Bye. And Miss Jackie Reed. Now, what are you? I mean, I'm, I'm gonna ask this time. Normally, you start asking, but I'm gonna start. What are you? Jackie Reed gonna do for you besides Girl. not cleaning up doggy poop. <laughs> Listen, we had we had two solid poops yesterday. I've never yeah. been so excited to see solid poops. In Girl, my life. can you imagine? And when the poops are solid, it's the, it brings a special joy. You never thought that a poop could make you so happy. Girl. I'm with you. When that poop was solid, we were like, "Come yes. on, God, yes, Jesus, like, thank yes, you, Jesus, Jesus. Girl. thank you." Listen, I'm just going to I'm gonna hang out with my mom some more and get some things done for her that I could not get done this week. Yeah, uh, we're going to hang out, go listen to some blues music tonight. So I'm just going to try to really enjoy my family a little bit more. That is what I'm going to do for me this weekend. What about you? What are you going to do for you? So Jason and I are going to go to the mall. OK, now this is, a, this oh, is a, there's boy. an explanation for this. This is why we're going to the mall. Watch this. Like the past, say, watch this, watch this, watch this. So <laughs> I am part of the revolution of trying to save the world by having an electric car. The upside of that, in my, my car is a hybrid. I have a truck. It's a hybrid truck. And I love it in the sense that it, it rides so quiet. It's a beautiful ride. You know, it's a, it's a Range Rover. I always wanted one. And I got one. It's a, it's, by, it's a hybrid. The downside is Charging there are up. No chargers. We need this infrastructure bill to pass yesterday. Because one of the things in this infrastructure bill is they're going to add more of these electric chargers around the country. Baby, when I tell you it's so hard to find a place to charge this damn car. So, so Jason agreed to go with me to the mall. It's one of the few places, the Annapolis Mall, one of the few places that you can actually get the damn thing charged. How long does it take? It takes hours. It takes like a good four hours. It does at least four hours for that thing to be charged. It takes forever. And how long does it last? How many miles do you get on a charge? You probably get like a good maybe 200 miles. Okay. It's not that long, but it's not that short either. Like I couldn't drive all the way to New York. I'd have to get it charged up a little. And it's a hybrid, so you can put gas in the car too. But that defeats the whole point of having the car. Right. right. So I so we're gonna take it there, and that way we're gonna use it as the day. So there's like places to eat, places to shop. I'm about to I'm about to find four hours worth of stuff to do in this mall. Oh my god! Oh, we all can always Uber and go somewhere else, but a mall is a great thing. Oh, Why I might do that have- too. 
Why don't you have a charger, a charging station installed in your home? So we're going to get one installed in the home. But, you know, since we're not fully moved in, there's no room in the garage. As soon as we can get all the recon done, you know, I've been in the reconstruction hell. We've been in this right, right, rent, right. the endless reno. When the endless reno is done, we can move all this stuff out of the garage, move everything into the basement, clear the garage out, make room and put the damn car and a charger in the garage. That it. is what it was meant to happen. <laughs> so I'm going to the mall. <laughs> well, enjoy your trip to the mall. I miss the mall. I love the mall. Oh, God, that, that's a good one. Well, enjoy your weekend. And thank you, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed all that we talked about. It's like, to me, I love episodes. It was like, therapy. I know. I know. Therapy. It was fun. It's so I feel, but I actually feel better. I know. Me too. I do yeah. too. Like, honestly, I do. Well, I do. please follow us on social media, you guys. Leave a comment when you listen to this episode and subscribe and tell a friend. Follow us on social media please. at the, the girls, great. Say the readout. At, <laughs> read this, read that. Read that. And be sure and watch my cousin Joanne Reed on the readout on MSNBC Monday through Friday, starting at 7 p.m. And of course, you need to follow Vegan Sexy Cool Everything on Instagram, online. Just get Vegan Sexy Cooled all the way out and try fun recipes like I did last week. I, I'm going to post a picture of it. I forgot to post a picture of my, my food last week, but I will post it on, on my Instagram. And so follow Vegan Sexy Cool because that is where you can find Miss Jackie Reed. Thank you so much, cousin. I know you're about to like hit the ground running. So about to hit the ground. Get ready for the show. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> 